right. We are back. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the latest episode of Quick Hits. I am Blake Pace. We are here. It is now Tuesday, November 12th. Week 10 is in the books. Hate to see it go, but I love to watch her leave. There were a lot of great games this week. Um, a lot of a lot of good games, actually. And, you know, from start to finish, too. I was, you know, pleased with the Thursday night football matchup between Raiders and the Chargers. We had great games, just aesthetically pleasing and, and as great as uh, Carolina Green Bay was. Um, you know, we had some, some wild upsets of the week as well too, just even, you know, four or five that I can name off the top of my, you know, head right now. Um, what was another great game? Minnesota green or sorry, Minnesota Dallas was good. And then, uh, finishing off Monday night football with, with the Seahawks and the 49ers. It was a great week. We are going to go through every single game this episode, our Tuesday episode, just quick, quick hits on, uh, each game in the NFL slate for week 10. We're hitting that point of the year now where we, you know, are starting to get into playoff seeding, what that kind of is looking like, MVP races, defensive player of the year races. So a lot of fun stuff that we'll touch on uh, throughout the week. Uh, just a couple quick plugs real quick. If you want to head over and follow me on Twitter, I am at Blake Andrew Pace covering uh, the Indianapolis Colts for Stampede Blue, uh, the SB Nation page for the Colts over there. Um, and then check out my other podcast, Reasonably Outrageous with Matt Wyrick. We just came out with an episode uh, that came out the same time as this episode. Uh, we talked about the interesting race, uh, you know, after the LSU-Alabama game, taking a look at who is the number one quarterback in the 2020 draft class. If you follow my stuff, um, you would know who I said, and it was neither of them at the time, but uh, had a change of heart. I got one of those guys now as my top quarterback in the class, and we'll break that down probably for next Monday's episode. Um, so we talked about that. We talked about uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, the Steelers, kind of taking even, you know, it kind of stumbled into a more conversation of taking a look at the wild card slots in the AFC right now. Then we finish it off with some basketball talk, talking about, um, you know, the Suns and the Raptors uh, kind of off to their um, great starts and maybe not as expected. I expected it from the Raptors, but uh, the Suns certainly have impressed. So make sure to check out that podcast. We are switching to a Tuesday, Thursday schedule. Now that me and Matt both have our, you know, Matt just changed jobs so now that we're a little solidified on our schedules. We've got better times to consistently put that out. I am back planning out so I can consistently put out this podcast and let's just dive right into it. We, uh, th- we had a lot of great games on the schedule, like I said before, um, and so let's, let's just dive right into things. So let's start off with Thursday night football, of course. My Oakland Raiders. Yes, I'm calling them my Oakland Raiders. Soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Um, improved to 4-1 and one at home and 5-4 and four on the season. Taking down the LA Chargers 26-24. The Chargers now falling to 4-6, and 2-3 on the road. Uh, and Oakland, surprisingly... Given another game that we'll talk in just a just a few games from now, Oakland is a half game out of the AFC West picture. They're moving a little too fast for me. I wanted them to be my 2020 team that I was going to overhype, but they are they're just taking it on right now. They're making that push for the wild card spot. They're not that far out of the division. I would still expect Kansas City to uh, to pull that one out in the end. But for Oakland, I mean, a lot of things are going great right now. Derek Carr, 
great, great game again as well, too. 21 to 31 for 218, one touchdown. He did take three sacks. Um, but then on the ground, you know, uh, you know, a solid performance, 71 yards on the ground from Josh Jacobs, um, including a touchdown there as well, too. And they look at receiving. They got they just have a deep uh, you know, core there. You know, you've got Jalen Richard out of the backfield, Hunter Renfro, another guy that's come along. Uh, as a rookie, Darren Waller, the surprising tight end that has really jumped into the headlines. Uh, Tyrell Williams, not to uh, you know forget, and then you know they also threw in Zay Jones in there, who also got a reception for ten yards. Um, to me, Oakland is one of those teams that I guess now at this point will flirt with the postseason, um, miss it, but then you know be ready for a big jump next year. Um, I like what we see from Oakland and for the Chargers. Uh, I don't know. Is Philip Rivers going to hang it up after this year? I don't know. It just seems like the NFL just puts a lot of unnecessary stress on him. Seems angry all the time. Um, look, two touchdowns, three interceptions, took five sacks, uh, QBR of 29.6. Very, very good quarterback. Um, I think the Chargers, it would be in their best interest, depending on where they fall up in the draft, to maybe try and get in You know, the QB3 or QB4 of that draft class. Of course, they're not going to be up there to be able to take, you know, uh, Justin Herbert or uh, Tua, Tava, Tua, Tava, oh, I practice this. I practice how to say his name. Tua, Tava, Tua, Tava, Tua. We'll just call him Tua for now. And then also our guy Joe Burrow over at LSU. So sorry you had to listen to me try and figure that out and then just give up. But uh, for the uh, Chargers, um, interesting that we're seeing Melvin Gordon finally get going, I guess, which is good. If you're trying to trade him in the off season, he had 22 touches for one Oh eight and one score on the ground. Um, I, I would like to see a little bit more Austin Eckler though. I know, I know Gordon was the hot hand going for it and averaged, you know, almost five yards a carry, but you still can use Austin Eckler more in the passing game. He only caught two passes. One did go for a touchdown. Um, chargers are one of those situations, man. They're a weird team. Doesn't seem like anybody, um, doesn't seem like anybody really wants them as, as their fan base. Uh, you know, quarterback situation is up for grabs if, if he chooses to retire or they choose to draft. Uh, but these teams are heading in opposite directions this year. I, I love the Raiders heading into next season. Maybe they can make that push and turn it around now. Um, but, yeah, solid solid Thursday night football game. I, I feel like all the primetime games were, were very good this week. Uh, Raiders 26, Chargers 24. On to the Sunday slate, and look at that. The Chicago Bears won a football game. Uh, they took down Jeff Driscoll and the Detroit Lions 20-13. to Chicago now 4-5 and on the season. Detroit falls to 3-5-1. and uh, What does this mean to me? No, Mitchell Trubisky is, is not a good quarterback. No, this Bears team is not good. Look, they beat up on a Detroit Lions team that was missing... Their quarterback who had, you know, is not in the tier one of quarterbacks for MVP this year, but would be in that tier right below. He's he, Matt Stafford has been great this year for uh, the Lions. For the Bears, uh, Mitch, congrats, 16 of 23 for 173 and three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, Detroit secondary, we know, is, is bad. So um, even the fact that he wasn't able to eclipse 200, uh, of course, they did go heavy focus on the ground, 24 carries uh, in total there. Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, look, I'm... I'm not buying anything with this. The Bears, they, they're too far out now. They've got too many holes. Quarterback, coach, offensive line. I've got questions uh, with all three now. The defense took a step back. and So this is a team that still misses the playoffs, and hopefully they can uh, right the ship and make a switch at quarterback. I wouldn't make the switch at head coach yet. Maybe give it one more year. But uh, 
but definitely make a switch at quarterback and see what Nagy can do with someone else next year. For the Lions, um, yeah, it's upsetting. It's unfortunate. I know that, um, that, uh, oh God, what's, why can't, why am I so bad with names today? I can't even, uh, I can't even think who I'm thinking. Matt Patricia, Jesus. Matt Patricia, uh, you know, his goal is to come out there and build a good defense for Detroit. And so far through a year and a half, it just hasn't been that great. Now there isn't a ton of talent on there. Um, of course, the secondary has had its problems. You trade away, you know, Quandre Jiggs at safety. Look, it's, I'm not too worried about Matt Patricia building this together. I think that this season is still an improvement from last year, depending on where they finish. I think that we're seeing the offense really come together. And now it's just trusting Patricia to put out the defense there. I wouldn't give up on him yet. I'd at least give him in the next season and, and, you know, continue to see the gradual growth. Look, you're Detroit. You're not getting a ton of free agents coming. You're not making, you know, some splash signings in free agency. Uh, if you draft well, as long as you draft well and, and you, you scour, you know, the, the mid to lower tiers of free agency, you'll slowly be able to build this thing. It's not going to be built overnight. You know, Bill Belichick didn't rebuild New England in just one season. He, his first year was pretty bad, and they, they started to get things together after that. So give Matt Patricia a little more patience. I think that this is, you know, injuries. You know, you lose on Johnson. You miss Matt Stafford now with broken bones in his back. You got problems on defense. Look, it's just unfortunate how it played out. I don't think that's anything to say about Matt Patricia. Um, I think he should still be the head coach moving forward next year. But uh, this is a game, two bad teams, two bad quarterbacks. I don't want to watch a game with Mitchell Trubisky and, Dr- and Jeff Driscoll ever again. And uh, the Bears took this one 20-13. Going to speed these up a little more now. Ravens, Bengals. What's, what's really to say about this game? Um, of course, my guy. Ryan Finley was out there. Uh, he completed 16 of 30 passes uh, in his NFL debut for 167, a touchdown and an interception. He did get sacked twice as well. Um, look, Baltimore defense is is, uh, is above average. I would say it's at the point where it's good. The secondary is healthy now. We're starting to see them get a little bit better too. So for Ryan Finley, I thought he looked pretty good. He was moving the ball on him for a decent amount of the time. Um, and I would I, I would expect to see some better performances as the season moves on uh, against some of, you know, the worst teams that they have to play. You know, it's a tough first start to go against the, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but then for Baltimore, damn, Lamar Jackson is good. He's good, good. I He's just... I mean that that touchdown play where he juked out two of the uh, two of the Bengals defenders and just jetted his way into the end zone. Um, he looked great. Only had to throw 17 times. Completed 15 of those passes for three touchdowns, 223 yards. We got to see RG3. Uh, he threw an interception uh, out there as well too. But um, yeah, look, I. I don't know how to feel about the Ravens. They they destroyed a very bad team. They destroyed an 0 and 9 team. Um, and you know, a week after they beat the Patriots. So it's good. They weren't caught sleeping, came out there. Um, Baltimore end of the day, still my third team in the AFC behind new England and Kansas city. I just, uh, I don't know. I have a tough time. I like to, I just have trust issues with teams that I've just, it's oh, okay. We're finally starting to see something come out. I, I at the end of the day, I want to trust, I want to trust Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes gained my trust enough last year. Uh, to where I, I trust Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Lamar could get there by the end of the season, but uh, I still think that they're the third best team in the AFC. Destroyed the Bengals, though, 
Oh, how about this game? There were there there were a lot of good games, but there were crapshoots like this. The Cleveland Browns moving to three and six, taking down the Buffalo Bills, uh, nineteen to sixteen. Buffalo falls to six and three. Still uh, got that top wild card spot. Um, all right, let's take a look at the Bills side first. Uh, you know, the Bills should have won this game. It was a very winnable situation for them. Um, the time has come now, and I I was starting to get a little bit like this. Uh, last week, two weeks ago, look, Josh Allen, uh, the deep accuracy is the biggest problem to me because he's getting guys. There there are guys open down the field. You know, a guy like John Brown is open down the field, and Josh Allen has the cannon to match it. That was why John Brown was brought in, but the accuracy is just not there. Um, so uh, I don't know what to say for Josh Allen specifically. Um, hasn't looked great this year, and in a year that I would expect, you know, a jump kind of like what we saw with Lamar, just getting better and better. Um, so Josh, rough showing, uh, completed right around uh, 50% of his passes for 266. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, just a meh game. Uh, they couldn't really get anything going on the ground, which was probably supposed to be their big focal point. The Browns aren't good at stopping the run. They weren't able to get anything going there. Um, and, and, you know, look, I, I'm trying to think if the AFC is actually good at this point or not, but Buffalo... They've got a favorable schedule the rest of the way. I still expect them to be in the playoffs. Um, and and the other thing that I think, and we're going to transition to the Browns now, is that the Browns could be one of those teams that we just see, you know, we're going to take a look in Week 17 and be like, oh my God, the Browns caught fire. And they rallied. No, the, the schedule is just way more favorable in this second half than it was in the first half. They put a lot of tough opponents early on, kind of got them to this point in their schedule. I think we're going to start to see them rattle off some wins uh, through the rest of the season. Now 3-6. and six, Um you know, Baker had a solid performance, 26-38, 238, two touchdowns, uh, took two sacks in the game. Um, I, I liked what we saw in limited touches um, and more in the passing game. Uh, I liked what we saw from Kareem Hunt. I think him and Chubb are going to be a really nasty duo if they can keep them there beyond the season. I mean, Chubb rattled off 116 on the ground. Uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, had 30 on the ground, 44 through the air. Geez, I the other frustrating thing with this is like you have Odell Beckham Jr., but he's just I don't know if it's Baker, I don't know if it's Odell, I just don't know if this was a, a relationship they tried to force, even though, you know, it, it's like the two hot kids in high school, you know, both, you know, the the star football player and maybe the cheerleader, where it's like, oh, well, it just makes sense that they they should date. And then they try and force it and it just doesn't work, and and then they, you know, end up splitting up. You know, I feel like Baker, after his rookie season, was the hot up-and-coming guy. Odell, of course, uh, you know, a stud-wide receiver. And they just tried to force this relationship, and it just hasn't seemed to work. Five catches, 57 yards. Underwhelming season for him. Um, maybe as a guy that you could move in the offseason again and, and just in time because I bought a Browns OBJ jersey a couple months ago. So, love to see that. But uh, good win for the Browns. I expect them to rattle off some more in the second half and probably try and get to a, you know, a 500 season or maybe a little bit better. Buffalo, I feel like they should still be in the the wild card race because of their schedule, but uh, weren't able to pull it out this week. Browns beating the Bills 19 to 16. Let's make it two games in a row that don't make sense to me. Uh, The Tennessee Titans, five minutes from my apartment, taking down the Kansas City Chiefs in Pat Mahomes' return. 35 to 32, the Titans 5 and 5, the Chiefs fall to 6 and 4. Um, we're about to get into the the 
one of the very few games in this stretch that didn't make sense to me, the outcome. Uh, Chiefs, very winnable game. Um, of course, the two flukes at the end with their field goal units. Of course, the bad snap or the early snap is what it looks like on the first field goal. Second field goal, of course, is blocked by Tennessee. Was he offsides? Probably, but uh, didn't get called. Um, the Chiefs, to me, still the second best team in the AFC. I know they're a four-loss team right now, but when you give me Patrick Mahomes and, and all those offensive weapons... Um, I know that the game tightens up in the postseason and it favors strong defenses, but uh, I just think they got magic right now. And, of course, they weren't able to pull it out. But Mahomes, 36 of 50, 450 in his return, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He looked great. Um, it was a game where they also didn't have LaShawn McCoy. It looks like he's on his own version of load management. Uh, so they went heavy with Damian Williams, who was uh, 19 for 77. Through the air, big games from Hill, Kelsey, the usual. Um, it just comes down to that defense, man. That defense is, is a little shaky. Um, it does look a lot better with Chris Jones back in the middle. He is just, you know, uh, right now, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, he's in the top three of defensive tackles. I want to put him number two ahead of Fletcher Cox right now. You know, Aaron Donald one. I'm going to give Fletcher Cox two for now and then say that... Um, put Chris Jones at three, but he's, he's unbelievable. Um, and then for Tennessee, I, I said it on our, on my other podcast, uh, reasonably outrageous. Look, it's, it's Tennessee just has to feel relief that they have a quarterback now that actually isn't afraid to move the ball down the field. Mariota was so timid with the football at all times that it just seemed like you could, you were missing an aspect of their game in the downfield throwing. And when you got young receivers, like, you know, an AJ Brown, or a um, Corey Davis, guys like that, that, you know, you want to push it down the field with those guys. And Ryan Tannehill came out, look, he, he only threw the ball 19 times, uh, but he went for 181, two touchdowns. Big Derrick Henry game, just one of those weeks. Derrick Henry has probably two or three of them a season, 23 carries for almost 200. He had two touchdowns as well. Um, I love Tennessee's defense. I was, uh, you know, it was it was hard to judge where they were headed because the second half of the season uh, is a much tougher schedule. They're kind of like the anti-Browns, where the Browns were really tough to start off. It lightens up at the end. Titans, uh, really easy to start off. They were only able to go 4-4 four and four through the first eight weeks, and so you think, okay, second half of the season is just going to be pretty bad, but then they go out and beat a team like the Chiefs. So, uh, Tennessee... Look, I think I think they're still a good team. I think this entire division, the entire AFC South, is good. It's just they're they're all going to keep beating each other around, and there probably won't be many great records to come out of it. But um, Titans are a solid team. Uh, kind of a lucky win over the Chiefs, who I still think are the second best uh, team in the AFC. Titans win thirty-five to thirty-two. Moving along, this is the oh shit game of the week, and I I swear to God, I said it in my power rankings piece last week. The Saints love fucking me over. I was not high on them entering the season. Still thought they were a playoff team. Didn't have them winning the division. And then slowly but surely, I started to get more faith in them, more confidence. And then they put up nine points against Dan Quinn's Atlanta Falcons defense. The defense that I have ripped since week one. They put up nine points. I just, I don't get it. Drew Brees, 32 of 45, 287, zero touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 
four carries, 24 yards. Latavius Murray, five carries, 12 yards. They, they couldn't run the ball. You know, you get down 13 to, to six at halftime, you got to go pass heavy, whatever. But um, I don't know, the game, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, the NFL is just weird sometimes. It's just like what I said with Green Bay losing to the Chargers. The Saints are still one of the best teams in the NFC, just like the Packers are, just like the, the 49ers are. It's just one of those weeks. Tough divisional matchup. You don't get off the bus. And, you know, it, it was a desperation game, you know, for the Falcons. And, and for, you know, not just Dan Quinn, but some of the players on there, too, that, um, you know, maybe are in a contract year, maybe have underperformed this year, that need to get things swinging up if they wanted their careers to continue in Atlanta. And, um, and they came out firing. They were aggressive. They pushed the ball down the field. And... Uh, Put up 26 points on a Saints defense that was starting to convince me that it was very solid. I still think it's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a, a very, very weird game. That's the best way to put it for me. The Falcons, still one of the worst teams. Dan Quinn still should be fired at the end of the season. Um, and the Saints, still a very good team. Uh, I probably have them as my third best team in the NFC right now behind the 49ers and the Packers. Um, but... Just a weird game and definitely one that ruined a six-team parlay for me. So, thanks, New Orleans. You piss off. On to the shit bowl of the week. The New York Jets. The now 2-7 and seven New York Jets beating the New York Giants, who now fall to 2-8. and eight. Um, Where to begin with this one? Props to Sam Darnold for not having a turnover this week. That was, that was, that's something nice I can say. Props to Sam Darnold. Um, now, will I say that he looked better than Daniel Jones? No. Daniel Jones looked very good. 26 of 40, 308, four touchdowns. Did take seven sacks. Look, look, this was a win for the Jets' defense. This is a win for Jamal Adams, who was all over the field, making play after play look like Troy Palomalu on that damn fourth and one when he just jumped over the the, the trenches. Um, weird, weird. Just another another fucking weird game, man. Darius Slayton, ten catches for one twenty one and two touchdowns. Um, you know, Jamison Crowder, five catches, eighty one yards. Demarius Thomas, eighty four yards on six catches. Um, look, both these defenses are bad. I mean, all that said, the Jets had their defensive touchdowns in there and all of their turnovers uh, that they were able to force and still allowed 27 points to the Giants. So look, I, the, the Jets had a few good plays, I guess is the best way to say it, that, that won them this game. Um, the offense kept itself in there. The defense did its job to, to really enforce that victory. Um, now, that being said, these two teams are still some of the worst in the league. They're both in the bottom five. They're both in the bottom five. So, not much to say there. Really, the, kind of a, still a loss for the Jets, who now let another team that already has a quarterback jump one spot ahead of them in the draft. This was a uh, a 2019 win for the New York Jets, but really a 2020 win for the Giants, who now you know would have an upper edge on, say, Chase Young or Jeffrey Okuda. You know, two guys that the Jets could certainly use. Now the Giants have better odds at landing them. Um, love what we saw from Daniel Jones. Props to uh, to Sam Darnold for getting things done. How about what a what a weird stat line? Saquon Barkley, thirteen carries for one yard. 
Uh, they couldn't get anything going on the ground game. 23 total yards, 20 of which came from Daniel Jones. Just a weird game. But uh, hats off to the Jets for getting the win. Uh, just so you know, your head coach is still going to be fired after the offseason. You're still going to have a lot of uh, messes to fix. But hey, you beat the Giants, so props to you. Jets take it 34-27. This next one, I really enjoyed watching. Uh, this was on my my Sunday ticket. Um, I, I get four, four games to watch at the same time. This was one of them the entire uh, game. I started off 1 o'clock watching this too. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Getting their third win of the season. Um, Bruce Arians getting the revenge game win, I guess. They left on good terms, so really not a revenge game. But beating the Arizona Cardinals 30-27. to Arizona now 3-6-1. Tampa 3-6. Uh, Tampa's first win at home as well. Just a fun fact. Um, God, you know, Jameis' lines are always fun to look at. 30-48 of for 358. Oh, that's good. One touchdown, two interceptions, took four sacks. Ugh, okay, never mind. Um, no, but this was a this was an entertaining game to watch. I really like what we continue to see from Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Um, watching the Tampa Bay offense go to work with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard got a touchdown. Shout out to OJ Howard. I know he's been slowly trying to establish his role there as well too. Uh, big receiving game from Ronald Jones as well, too. As well, too. I just let's repeat myself. But then for Arizona, um, you know, I it's a fun trio. Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Larry Fitzgerald. They got some fun, fun guys out there. Um, two bad teams. Kind of just like the this was my, I guess not West Coast version because Tampa's not on the West Coast. But uh, this was my NFC centric. Oh, I'm, I'm tired of coming up with reasons. This is like the Jets versus the Giants. Two bad teams that have um, offenses that are, uh, I guess it doesn't make sense. Jesus. I was really trying to pull a comparison there. This was just a fun game to watch between two bad teams. That's what I'm going to put. I really enjoyed watching uh, Jameis try not to screw things up at the end, still be able to pull out a win. And I liked what we saw from Kyler. Kyler's a good quarterback. He's going to be a good quarterback in the league for a while. 27 to 44, 324, three touchdowns, did throw an interception, um, but he was also the leading rusher for the team. Three carries for 38 yards, had a long run of 32. Um, Arizona, I say the same stuff every week. I like what's happening. You've got your defense that you need to shore up, offensive line that you need to fix. I like the skilled players. I like the quarterback. I like the coach. Just fix the offensive line, get some playmakers on defense. And uh, the NFC West will be very fun to watch for a, a long time. And for Tampa, move on from Jameis. Give a quarterback that doesn't make dumb decisions, um, you know, the opportunity to, to throw to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and uh, O.J. Howard. He'll be very happy, whoever is the quarterback there. And then fix the secondary. Run defense is solid. Run defense is very solid. Um just fix the secondary and, and then, you know, Tampa's on their way, but both are bad right now. Uh, both only have three wins on the season, but Tampa able to edge out the Cardinals 30 to 27, man. Thank God the Colts run a bye this week, huh? God, they... Oh, the cardiac Colts of 2019 putting up 12 points against the then one in seven Miami dolphins. 
Dolphins win 16 to 12. Colts fall to five and four. Dolphins up to two and seven. Um, I really need to stop watching the Colts if I care about the heart of my health. It, it really every week. I mean, this is another week. A game decided by seven or fewer points. Every single game this season decided by, uh, you know, a one score difference. God, Brian Hoyer looked so bad. 18 of 39, 204, threw a touchdown, but had three interceptions, took one sack. At halftime, I was ready to see what we had in Chad Kelly. Just throw it out there. Who cares? You you, you got shut out by Miami. You were down 10 nothing at the half. Just put in Chad Kelly. See what he can do. Um, pretty rough go for the Colts. You know, when a defense can sell it on the run and... Um, and really hold them to, I mean, got 3.8 yards per carry. They still did eclipse, um, you know, the century mark. They ran for 109, but 3.8 yards a carry is not going to do it. Um, and so when the Dolphins can really sell out on the run and try and for- force Brian Hoyer to let them win, uh, that's not the case, especially when you're missing T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches. Um, you know, you you end up cutting Deion Kane after his kind of dreadful second season that, you know, had a lot of promise before he tore his ACL, uh, before his rookie season. Um, like the Colts, I think they're still right around what I said last week. They're around the fifth or sixth best team in the AFC. Um, I I would put them right around that Buffalo range. Oakland's creeping up there. Pittsburgh is creeping up there. We'll talk about them in, in two games, but, um, I still don't think it's that unrealistic that when you get Jacoby Brissett back, T.Y. Hilton back, Devin Funch is back, this offense is going to run a lot smoother, more efficient, um, and then it'll help out the defense as well too. Because the defense held Miami to 16 points. It's a solid effort. Defense was good for the Colts. Offense couldn't get anything going. Poorly coached game from Frank Reich too. That that had me questioning a lot. So uh, Dolphins take this one. I don't want to talk about it anymore. 16-12. to 12. My favorite game of, of the entire week. Uh, Green Bay moving to 8-2, and two, taking down Carolina 24-16. Panthers fall to 5-4. and four. Um, Yeah, easily my, my favorite game to watch uh, on Sunday. We had it all. We, we had a... God. It, look, what I took away from this game is that the Packers are still, to me, my favorite team in the NFC right now. Um, you know, give me the playoffs, give me 49ers Packers in an NFC championship. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers uh, over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and yeah, 17 to 29 for Rodgers, 233, uh, zero touchdowns, but zero interceptions. Um, Aaron Jones. Every time I hear Aaron Jones, I think about for the years that Matthew Berry was yelling at the Packers to unleash Aaron Jones. Matt LaFleur has certainly done it this year. Uh, 13 carries for 93 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Um, I really like the duo with him and Jamal Williams, Williams able to put in 63 yards of his own on the ground and then also did some stuff through the air. Um, or sorry, no, he was just targeted. Uh, my apologies. Um, but the bigger takeaway out of anything from this was goddamn Kyle Allen stayed in there. I was very impressed with what we saw from Kyle Allen, 28 of 43, 307, took three sacks through an interception, but also had a touchdown. Um, you know, a West Coast-type quarterback playing in warm conditions his entire life goes up there, and then second half, it's all the snow. And I see Kyle Allen leading a you know a potential 
game-tying drive and just came a couple inches short of it. He looked great. He looked poised. He looked comfortable, despite all the madness going on around him. You know, the reports that Cam won't play again this season, most likely traded this offseason. I'm starting to feel starting to feel okay about Kyle Allen, at least as, you know, a bridge quarterback till, till you know, the next guy that you draft or, or bring in from free agency. Uh, I don't think Kyle Allen is a guy that we could consider a franchise quarterback, but what he showed today is he can put you in a position to win. I don't think he's at the point where he can win you games himself, uh, but he, 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 he's pretty close on knocking there. He almost was able to, uh, to really pull off some magic in the end there. Of course, McCaffrey just falling short. Still had a great game. 20 carries for 108 and a touchdown, and then through the air had six catches for 33 yards. Uh, Green Bay to me, my favorite team in the NFC still. Look, they still going to chalk it up as a fluke uh, loss to the Chargers. The Panthers, a little tough in that wild card hunt now, given you know some other teams' records. You know Minnesota off to a great start. You know the the Rams, I guess, are in the same boat as them. We'll talk about the Rams and the Vikings in just a bit. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like I I like Carolina. Defense still doesn't doesn't do much for me. But um, you know that was a big confidence game for Kyle Allen. I was very happy to see him do well in there. But uh, not able to pull it off. Packers win that one, 24 to 16. Talk about quarterback matchups that I just did not want to watch. Mason Rudolph and Jared Goff just were awful. You know, uh, Rudolph, 22 of 38, 242 and a touchdown, took three sacks. Goff, 22 of 41, 243, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, took four sacks. The, both, both defenses were trying their hardest. It seemed like the opposing offenses were trying to gift uh, the other team's defense, you know, the victory. Um all right, for the Rams, 5-4 and four now. They're in that Carolina situation. Uh, it's going to be tough to try and get a wild card spot given Seattle and Minnesota's record and the advantage they have there. Um, it's going to be tough to get in there. And and they've got themselves a, a pretty tough situation in Los Angeles. You've got a ton of great skill players, playmakers on the defensive end, but highly paid at that. And where do you need the most help? Um, you need to make your quarterback comfortable. The quarterback that you gave way too much money to way too soon. You need to build up the offensive line. The offensive line isn't worth a damn right now. And so Goff looks pretty rough and the running game really hasn't been able to get established that well. Um, Gurley still had a good game though. Uh, didn't use him in the fourth quarter. Still not sure uh, why. Gurley had 12 carries for 73 yards. Um... Look, the Rams, they got to stick with it now. You gave Goff the extension. Unless you would be able to convince a team uh, to trade for Goff and his massive contract after this season, I don't think he's done anything on the field to really earn the glamour of being a trade-worthy asset. Um, Goff is overpaid. The offensive line is too too busted right now to really solve any problems uh, this year specifically. And their defense uh, just... uh, it does its job. It just it, it can't do enough for the offense to. Uh, the offense should be able to put up some points. They should. No offensive touchdowns. They had the field goal that they drove it into, but then you had, you know, their other two scores come from a safety and a defensive touchdown. So, for the Rams, very bad. Um, questioning if they've got you know enough left in the tank to make a a run at the postseason, and then for the Steelers. They're right in the thick of things now in the AFC playoff picture. Um, I expect it to fizzle out 
You know, you, you watch that game and you say, oh my God, their defense is so good. Their defense is winning them game after game. There's going to come a point where the offense needs to be able to match whatever the, you know, the opposing, you know, there's going to be games where the defense lets down a little bit. You know, there's going to be a game when Kansas City, if they were to face in the playoffs, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense isn't able to match, you know, some of the top offenses in the league. They won't be able to match with the Baltimore. They won't be able to match with the Kansas City or a Houston or an Indianapolis. They're kind of in that Buffalo situation where they'll win close games, but in shootouts, they don't stand a chance. And so uh, they were able to win it here because the Rams were only able to put up 12 points. Um, Their offense wasn't able to do all that much more. They had the one passing touchdown, but of course, uh, the defensive touchdown for Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, the other score there as well too. Just not a a fun game to watch. Um, Definitely has us thinking differently about both teams now that Pittsburgh is above 500, now that the Rams are floating right just barely above 500. Steelers, I don't think it lasts too long. I think they miss the playoffs still. Rams, getting a little nervous uh, about their ability to make a run at the postseason. Uh, Steelers take this one, 17-12. Two games left here. Let's go. Sunday night football. What a game. When I talk to you about these primetime games, man, we got solid ones each week. Minnesota Vikings. How about Kirk Cousins? You like that? 28-24. to Taking down the Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota now seven and three, uh, firmly locked up that that uh, you know as of now they've got a wild card spot. You you know my opinions on Minnesota and where I think this all ends up, but we'll see. They beat Dallas. Um, Kirk, twenty three of thirty two for two twenty two touchdowns. But how about the ground game? Dalvin Cook twenty six for ninety seven. Alex Madison eight for fifty two. They run angry. That offensive line is aggressive. I really like what we see from them. Um, Dalvin also, sorry to throw in there. I only mentioned his rushing stats. Uh, 86 through the air as well, too, on uh, seven catches. Uh, Minnesota, they beat... And both of these teams, you know, fortunately for Dallas, they don't have a team like Green Bay in their division where they can be a bad team that makes the postseason. You know, Minnesota, I think they end up falling out of a, a playoff spot. It's a little more comfortable now, given the Rams kind of, you know, slow, you know, stumbling, I guess, uh, this past week. It's a little bit easier with a, a game and a half advantage, I think. Maybe two full games now at this point. Um, but, you know, Minnesota has Green Bay to worry about, so they can't lock up that division. So it's going to be tough to fight for a wild card spot. Uh, but they do have the upper hand right now. They looked good. They looked sound, but I still, these are two teams that I don't really feel too high about, so I can't say that, wow, one beat the other, so now that one that won is is just unbelievably good. You know, they beat up on a team that I just didn't think too much of. And then uh, for Dallas, said it all year. This team has problems, but none of those problems are Dak Prescott. He was unbelievable against a very tough Minnesota defense. 28 of 46 for just about 400, three touchdowns and an interception. Um, Look, the problem is Jason Garrett. The problem is Zeke. You can't have Zeke go 20 for 47. 20 carries for 47 yards. Um, Only two catches uh, as well, too, there. I know there was a prop bet that one of my friends told me to make that he would have three catches, just, just short of it. Um... 
Look, Amari, Randall Cobb, huge games through the air. The, the entire passing offense was on point, uh, but, you know, it's it's tough when you can't get Zeke going um, and you got to keep pace. It's tough to be a one-dimensional team when you're trying to keep pace with another offense that is utilizing both the pass and run very effectively. So Dallas had to go pass heavy, also getting behind early on. So um, still kind of surprised that Zeke got 20 touches despite being down 14-0 uh, through the first quarter. Um, you know, Dallas now is in a situation where they're going to be close. It's it's them or Philly, which bad team can make the playoffs uh, and, you know, lose to the wild card team in that opening round. So we'll see. Uh, Minnesota, uh, good edge on the wild card race right now. Uh, now seven and three, um, still, still holding out, still just waiting, still waiting for Kirk Cousins to just rip your hearts out, Minnesota fans. And then, uh, Dallas, you got problems, but it's not Dak Prescott. He's been amazing this year. And, uh, fortunately you guys are still, you know, leading the division and have a chance to uh, close it out as long as you can, uh, outpace the inconsistent Philadelphia Eagles. So Vikings win tonight, 28, 24. And what a better game to finish off week 10 with our, I think our first really good Monday night football game of the season. I'd have to look back and double check, but a a great finish uh, to week 10. Seattle Seahawks. I didn't expect it. I definitely thought this was the 49ers game. Uh, The Seahawks improved to 8-2, including 5-0 on the road. Only losses are at home. Beating the San Francisco 49ers. 27-24, 27-24, 49ers' first loss of the season dropped to 8-1. and one. Well, you know what was great is Russell Wilson was facing probably his toughest defense uh, of the year and still, you know, did everything for that team to, to, you know, eventually get them the win. Of course, there were some opportunities that he threw away a little bit just because, um, you know, interceptions or bad reads on there. He finished the day 24-34. Uh, 232 with a touchdown and interception. Also took five sacks. So that defense, uh, that defense was all over him. Um, also, run game really wasn't going too much. Uh, you know, Chris Carson only averaged 3.6 yards per carry. Did have a score on 89 yards, so it wasn't terrible. Um, and also a quiet day from Tyler Lockett. They, they did a good job shutting him down specifically. Uh, three catches for 26 yards, no scores. Um, oh, you know this the Seahawks. You know, it's tough. I still am not a fan of their defense. I think their front four is solid. Jadavian Clowney, of course, also had the touchdown on the day as well, too. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the back end of their defense. And, you know, I think that the, the 49ers passing offense, which hasn't been necessarily its strong suit this year, still looked pretty good against them. Um, Long term, I don't think, and this is something that I kind of have been was thinking about last night while watching the game. Um, you know, in these matchups where we've got the great team going up against the great player in the regular season, give me the team with the MVP caliber player, you know, MVPs are one in the regular season. So in those matchups, you know, it, it seems to be a trend where you can just bet on Russell Wilson, uh, to take down, um, to take down the 49ers, you know, the player is better than the team in the regular season. Now, in the postseason, it's different. We don't give out MVPs in the postseason. We give out our Super Bowl MVP um, if for, for one specific game. But if you're taking a look at the regular season, 
I guess the trend now is is that the MVP type player is better than, you know, is has more value than the better team. You know, Lamar Jackson, who's right up there, beat the Patriots. To me, are still you know up there with the best teams in the league. Russell Wilson hands the 49ers their first loss of the season. Take those regular season wins. You know, if, if Russ or Lamar is going to win MVP, and I, I'll go even to say Deshaun Watson, you want to throw his name in there too. He's a guy that, you know, is on a not-so-great team, but is winning games because he's that great. I don't want to buy that. I don't want to rely on one single player when it comes to the postseason. I want to rely on a great team that also has something like that. You know, I take a look at a team like Green Bay. Great team. And Aaron freaking Rodgers. You know, the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are a little bit different. Uh, you know, Andy Reid, I really like what he brings to the table. The front the front line of the defense is good, too, and they've got injuries at the offensive line. So I'm going to disregard them now. They're kind of in a different tier. But the Chiefs, or sorry, excuse me, the Packers are one of those teams, and the Patriots, too. Great team at the end of the day. I know I can put faith in Tom Brady in the postseason. So go ahead, Seattle. Go ahead, Baltimore. Go ahead, Houston. You know, your MVP-type players are going to win you all these regular season games, but... I'm just not going to buy it when it comes to the postseason, and you need that full 52, and you need the coaching staff and solid play from the MVP caliber player, because when it comes to the postseason and things tighten up, I want the better roster, uh, not the not the single better player that, that's just, you know, the team is relying too much on him, and I feel like that's where we're going to see at the end of the day. Teams like Seattle and Baltimore and Houston even make runs into the postseason. Um, they're going to, you know, rattle off these regular season wins, taking down some of the better teams in football, the more complete rosters in football, and then you know probably some early playoff exits too, uh, just because when the things when the game tightens up and you need to you know rely on Chris Carson to go off or you need to rely on you know Seattle secondary to step up when it's facing Aaron Rodgers, I don't believe that that is the the path to success. Um, you know if the the Texans, I don't trust them to be able to keep pace forever with the Chiefs again in the playoffs. Or, you know, when things get wrong and you need Carlos Hyde to, to run, you know, his best against the Patriots' front seven, or even Baltimore's front seven, it's going to be tough to do. So, uh, congrats to the Seahawks for winning that game. It kind of is my my trend now where in the regular season, you got to take a look at who is the storyline, who's the MVP, um, and, and can he take down those better teams? We've seen it continuously. I don't want to put too much faith into it when we come into the playoffs. So, if you give me this match up again in the postseason, I'm going to take the 49ers. Um, but for today... Uh, Seahawks, you know, caught some lucky breaks too. It wasn't, you know, they just came out and flat out dominated and only won by a field goal. It went to overtime. Um, you know, resilient effort for them coming down from a, I guess it was 10, nothing at one point. And then of course, uh, by the end of the third, it was 21 to 10 Seattle fourth quarter. They stumbled, managed to still save overtime and then, you know, kick the winning field goal to end it there too. So, um, good win for Seattle moving to eight and two. Closing in on that Division 2, only a game out. We're going to get that matchup. I think it's we're going to get a rematch week 16 or 17. That's going to be great. That'll probably, you know, it, it could come down uh, to who takes that division. So um, Seahawks win this one. Get the regular season moral victory win when it comes to the postseason. I don't want to put much faith in it. Uh, but they win Monday Night Football 27-24 over the 49ers. And so that'll do it. That'll wrap up week 10 of the NFL season. Put it in a nice bow on it. Uh, looking forward to putting out some more episodes throughout the week getting on that regular schedule now. Um, tomorrow's episode will have my updated uh, NFL power rankings. Number one might shift around as well, too, because, of course, San Francisco uh, was handed their first loss of the season. So there's going to be some more shuffling inside my top 10 
Um, and really throughout, I feel like, and you know, the article that coincides with it on Stampede Blue, you know, you've, you've got a clear top six, seven, and then you can make an argument between eight and 22 where, where the teams stack up. It, it's really a, a messy field in the middle, but I think that, you know, the bottom five, the top six, I feel like are pretty solidified. So we'll get that going, get some other episodes out this week. Uh, Friday episode, of course, we'll do our betting for week 11. I need a bounce back week. We started off hot with uh, with picks. I think my first two weeks doing it with quick hits, uh, I went 23-6 and six combined. And um, this past week in just straight up money lines, I think I went 5-8. and eight, So a little bit down of a week. Uh, we're going to have to pick things up. So we'll make sure to, to, get, into this, to get into the uh, groove of things and uh, keep trucking along. But thank you guys so much for listening to Quick Hits. I'm Blake Pace, and I will talk to you tomorrow.